Welcome to the RTI Time Machine. Today's time traveler is John Van Trieste. And the destination Jinmen, October 1949. In late October 1949, the island of Jinmen waited. For forces stationed on the island, the situation seemed desperate. Within sight of the island lay the major Chinese city of Xiamen, which had fallen earlier in the month to the Chinese communists. Soon, the communist advance would take the rest of the mainland, leaving Taiwan and a few other islands the only remnants of the Republic of China. A communist invasion of Jinmen was expected next, and it would come. But at the Battle of Guningtou, fought that October, that invasion was pushed back, ensuring the communist advance would come no further. Here to tell us more about this battle is Ms. Huang, an official at Jinmen National Park, the home of the Guningtou War Museum. Jinmen 呢，其实是中国东南沿海一个防守上很重要的一个。Ms. Huang says the idea of Jinmen as a strategically important island goes back a long way. The island's name itself, literally Golden Gate, hints at its strategic importance. The Ming Dynasty, which lasted from the 14th to the 17th century, built defensive works on the island. It is, Ms. Huang says, the door to China's southeast coast. And this geographical importance is the reason why the island's history has a military character. As the closest of these coastal islands to Taiwan, Jinmen played a critical role at the end of the Chinese Civil War. This time, as the gate to the Taiwan Strait instead, it remained in the hands of Republic of China forces, and its defense was linked with the defense of Taiwan, the republic's new base after its retreat from the mainland. 到了金门的时候，其实国军已经有背水一战的决心了。For the garrison stationed on Jinmen, this was serious business—a fight for their side's survival. The island's defenders included a number of units that had seen action on the mainland before the retreat to Taiwan. The celebrated general Hu Lian was among those in command. They were troops with some experience. But as Ms. Huang sees it, their weaponry was not ideal. What about the American-built M5A1 tank, later dubbed the Bear of Jinmen for its role in this battle? M5A1 actually is not a very good weapon, but because the Chinese army has nothing to use it. The contribution may have been real, but in Ms. Huang's view, the tanks themselves were not as impressive as their nickname might imply. She says they'd been given to Republic of China forces after World War II, once the U.S. was done with them. Still, the weaponry was what it was. After the Republic's own bitter fight in World War II, not to mention its ongoing fight against Chinese communists, there wasn't much in the way of impressive weaponry lying around for them to use. They fixed up the tanks and worked with what they had. One tank in particular may have changed the course of the battle completely by accident. 当天下午，在这个海边演习的这些坦克车呢。On the afternoon of October 24th, this tank had been out on maneuvers on one of the island's beaches. 
During the day's exercises, it became completely stuck in the sand. Nothing anyone tried could get it to budge. Into the dark early hours of the 25th, there were still soldiers out on that beach trying to get that tank to move. They didn't know it, of course, but they were in the right place at the right time. A communist invasion plan had been set in motion. It called for an initial landing, followed by the arrival of reinforcements once a position was secured. But according to Ms. Huang, not everything had gone to plan. The island of Jinmen is shaped like an hourglass. Ms. Huang believes the communists had hoped to land in the narrow land bridge that forms the island center, cutting the two halves of the island off from one another. They'd picked an appropriately dark night, but they hadn't accounted for the seasonal winds. The makeshift communist flotilla seems to have been blown off course, approaching a beach that was not the intended landing site. It was a beach on the island's thicker western side, a beach where just then a tank happened to be caught in the sand. Ms. Huang says the tank fired out into the water and it happened to hit a boat carrying munitions straight on. By the light of the flames on the water and the signal flares that had started to go up, it became clear that the communist force numbered in the thousands. The invasion force came ashore, but without the element of surprise, the defenders now had a chance to organize a response. For 56 hours, the island of Jinmen became a battlefield. The communist force managed to push its way into the island, including into a nearby village, where intense street fighting with Jinmen's defenders broke out. As the clashes continued, it became clear that the communist plan had hit another problem. Despite the successful landing, the boats used in the invasion had become stranded on shore, and the defenders destroyed whatever they found, finishing the flotilla off. Without the boats to carry them, the intended backup force never arrived, and the invasion proved unsustainable. On the third day, those communist troops left standing on the island surrendered. More than 1,200 Republic of China soldiers and even more communists lay dead. The Battle of Guningtou wasn't the last time that Jinmen would be attacked. The 1950s bought heavy artillery bombardments, supplying the material for Jinmen's famous kitchen knives. But Ms. Huang says these later artillery battles weren't as significant as Guningtou. After Guningtou, the island of Jinmen was never again invaded. The battle blocked any further communist advance towards Taiwan, creating the cross-strait status quo we have today. Jinmen remained a front line to be sure, but Ms. Huang says that from here on out, the island's position as a bulwark held. Through the years of the Cold War, the government continued to look at Jinmen and the islands of Mazu to the north and see a shield without which Taiwan could not be defended. 
According to Ms. Huang, the United States often asked whether it might not be better to abandon Jinmen and Mazu, those island outposts so far from Taiwan itself. She says the government wouldn't hear of it. The Guningtou War Museum was founded by the military in 1984 to commemorate the battle and honor those who died defending Jinmen. At the time, a visit to the museum would have been unusual for most people. That's because right up until 1992, Jinmen remained under military control. Only the original inhabitants and military personnel were allowed on the island. By 1993, though, tourism had begun on the island. And in 1995, the government founded Jinmen National Park, one of the island's main attractions. Since 2000, when the military handed over the war museum to the park, visitors attracted by the area's beauty and heritage have also been able to learn about what happened at Guningtou in October 1949, a battle that changed not only the history of Jinmen itself, but also the history of Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another Journey Through Time. Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Okay.